Tonight's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you, as always, by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Betting against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Foxborough. Oh, yeah. That's not smart at all. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skills for your job. They actively invite them to apply. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you by the ringer.com, the world's greatest website, where you can find a bunch of pieces about this NFL playoffs, the final four that's coming up, college basketball, NBA, the trade values, hopefully coming back this month. I have to sit down and actually write it. And the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find some of the best of sports and pop culture, including the rewatchables, which is coming back Tuesday with Kyle old school. Hey, yeah, very cool. There you go. We also have a rewatchables group on Facebook that if you don't behave well in it, we just kick you out. We, we like, we like civil discourse about the movie, the rewatchable movies. So check that out. It, uh, it's pretty funny, actually. It's I've never, I've never seen a Facebook. God, I hate recommending Facebook. Actually, don't go there. Don't don't go to our room. How many people do you think you booted? Forget it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I wasn't in charge. It's <laughs> okay. Sheriff Pat we Muldowney. Get, we should get the stats on that. Yeah, Sheriff Pat Muldowney decides who's in there. Civil conversation about the rewatchables on Facebook. Go there. You can talk about movies, and Facebook will take all your information and sell it to the Russians. <laughs> there you go. Coming up, cousin Sal. But first, our friends. From Pearl Jam. On the line right now, his football season is over. His gaming season is not. The cuz, cousin Sal, he was in the house. Saturday night, Rams, Cowboys. We might as well start there. It was like, what, 40% Cowboys fans, 45? I think it was probably that. You know, I reported to you like an hour before the game, and all the Cowboys fans got there real early, so I was feeling good. It was about 70%. And then they start, you know, the game begins, kickoff, and everyone's waving those yellow towels. I know they stole that from some other city somewhere, Pittsburgh maybe. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's 50. It's probably 60% Rams fans. So good job, uh Good job, Rams fans, getting it over 50%. When did you lose hope and when did you lose the will to live? <laughs> it's a will to live I lost seven or eight years ago. I lost hope. I lost hope a few times when Dak almost threw that pick six and then coming out of the timeout or coming out of the commercial gets a delay a game. I was like, oh, we're done for sure. But, uh, and then when the Rams went for it, did you think that was a good move by McVay going for it from the one to go up 14 instead of 11? I thought I thought 11 with four minutes left would have been enough, but I guess that's what separates Sean McVay from everyone else. Yeah, that was more of a laying the smack down with, the, with his actual team, proving that let's, let's do a little bully ball here and, and prove yeah. a point. I thought, I thought it was bigger than just the game situation. He's trying to give them a little little swagger. I actually thought they had some swagger in that game, the Rams. I was impressed. I was too. And then you learn, and there was a great Ringer article about it, not so great for me, that they were stealing the Cowboys' defensive plays, and that's why someone like C.J. Anderson can run for 
you know, 130, 140 yards. I mean, they had, they had something like, they had like 140 yards at the end of the first quarter or something rushing, something nuts. Yeah. And, uh, it, we just weren't going to win that way for sure. One of, we were on a thread with the degenerate trifecta and yeah. one of your buddies made the point, you know, the defense, this awesome defense you had was the best thing you've had in a while. And you would, you could have left the season with your heads held high. And then the Rams gashed it for like 490 yards rushing. Awful. And now you have nothing. Now you leave the season just with no dignity at all as a, as a defense. That was terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. They were trying all sorts of different things. Like, uh, you know, Van Der Esch was led away from every play. They even tried to put Sean Lee in there. It was messy. That Jeff Heath had one of the worst games I've ever seen as a defender. And uh, the, the no pressure at all by Demarcus Lawrence or any of those guys. And I think they did like 52% play action. And when you're running the ball so well, you could do play action. That, that's a really high number for an offense. And Goff was successful there. He, he, I didn't even think he was that great, but he didn't need to be. Um, they won easily. Yeah, I thought I thought he was better than I thought he was going to be. I agree. He wasn't great, but he did seem confident. And he was also in a position where anything he did was almost a bonus. Right. You know, he did make a couple good throws. But, you know, the thing you needed to do is take the lead. Yeah. Shut down their run and make Goff have to like pick you apart and you could just never do it. Gurley looked good. The CJ Anderson thing, now I was thinking about it. He was so good. He's weighed by two teams. You heard that 40 times mm -hmm. in the broadcast. I always liked him on Denver. And then watching Sony Michelle today, who I was jokingly comparing to Wendell Smallwood for, for a couple <laughs> weeks there. And then Sony looked good today. And I'm just like, I guess like 50 running backs could look good if they're if they're getting holes. The, the yeah. like C.J. Anderson, if he had been on the Patriots today, would he have had 140 yards rushing? I, it seems like you have to get to a certain level with these guys, but they still need the offensive line, or it's just not going to work. Or maybe I'm overthinking it. What do you think? I, I don't know. I mean, it just seemed like there were really weird things happened Saturday. Like if anything, like the Cowboys since week nine had held opponents to 48 yards rushing. So uh, per game, that's that was given. Like they were going to shut them down, make off, beat them. Gurley was already banged up. You never thought C.J. Anderson would come in there and, and go like gangbusters. Um, the other thing Saturday, I couldn't believe that Indy's offense was getting pushed around. Like these road teams just in general look so soft to me today. Right today and, and yesterday wasn't that the theme? I don't know if it's weather. Obviously, it wasn't weather in the Eagles Saints game, but in these other games, they just couldn't. They, they were getting all pushed around. All these offenses. Did yeah, Saturday. Saturday was an old school playoff manifesto game. The dome team in bad weather on the road just completely fell apart. Yeah, and then you had the Chargers here. Uh, I'm sorry, Saturday. The I guess the two AFC games, and then the Chargers Sunday morning. Right. West Coast going East Coast, early game, outdoors, and they just lay an egg. And I thought that the Indy one, I still stand by the bet. I think it was the right bet. I don't know what happened to them. I don't <laughs> understand how they, they, they forgot how to block. I watched that team for three straight months. The team that played on Saturday was not the same team I watched for three months. And, you know, I had some conspiracy theories, including, you know, luck look bad i thought I, I didn't think he had zip on some of his throws yeah and i was wondering if the cold weather you know his surgically repaired shoulder all that stuff I was honestly wondering if the weather was like affecting his body somehow because he just didn't look like himself and then on top of that not not being able to block 
I, I, I was dumbfounded by that. I knew the Chiefs had a good pass rush, but we've seen the Colts handle just about anything. So right. I, I don't know what to make of that game. I don't know whether that was just a fluke that got out of hand or if that would happen every time they played. I don't know. What do you think? Well, the one thing is like the, uh, I, I noticed with these. OK, so last year, three out of the four, Pittsburgh was the only home team in this divisional round that laid an egg against the Jaguars. And they came all the way back. They actually could have won this game. But I noticed like two teams usually start off slow from having the buy. The buy is nice for yeah. injuries and everything. Rest up. Really, only the Saints started off slow offensively. Rams are right there. Patriots were freaking gangbusters, and and the and the Chiefs scored right away too. But yeah, you're right with Luck. Luck really looked like he really looked like Peyton Manning going to Foxborough in in the snow, circa 2007. Right? He was so bad. Something was wrong. They only gave up 18 sacks this year. They they got him like three times. I think actually, I think the uh, Colts had more sacks in the game, which is why the Chiefs had trouble putting it away away until until late. But um. Yeah, it's uh, and the other thing is they hadn't faced a good quarterback. The Colts they had faced like all sorts of losing quarterbacks. They faced both Derricks. They both Cody Kessler was in there, obviously Bortles, all those guys. So I think they faced Brady, and uh, and and Wentz, and then they and then they had like Mahomes, who really looked like a veteran playoff quarterback. It was amazing. He was great. He had a couple pull your guts out of your stomach throws if you were betting on the Colts, which I did. Yeah, but. You know, 17-7, they get this punt uh, punt block touchdown. They've done mm-hmm. nothing, and they're within 10, and they just kind of need to get one stop and then have luck come down and get a, and go 17-10 at halftime. And that was the key drive of the game. The Chiefs just came down and did their thing. Right. And uh, and when that happened, I, I kind of gave up. But then when Vinatieri missed the field goal at the end of the half, that was mm-hmm. the that was kind of the white flag for if you be, gambled on the Colts. Oh, I yeah, had no, I had no faith at all after that happened. I was like, wow, he's gonna miss a twenty three yarder. He looked like a forty five year old attempting a field goal and an extra point in that game. He really did, but he did. Yeah, and Kelsey is a monster. Kelsey could have had like fifteen receptions. I thought Damian Williams is not a huge drop off at running back from uh, uh, Kareem Hunt. He's not twenty three for one twenty nine. And really, yeah, you're right. Like luck couldn't put it together. Like he had. But you have just over 200 yards and mostly garbage time. So weird, weird game. Yeah, and to do the three straight three and outs to start the game, I was looking at the first downs. I did this with House on Thursday. Like the Chiefs gave up 417 first downs during the year, and the Colts had were like seventh in the league in first downs, and it just right. seemed like everything was set up for them to dominate. And uh, you know that's why that's why you play for that that. Uh, that buy in the first round. Sure. I looked it up today because I was like, how many times have the Pats had a buy during the Brady thing? And it's it, the answer is 13, Sal. 13 bi- first round buys. <laughs> We've had, Brady is now 28 and 10 in the playoffs, <laughs> but he's also had 13, 13 round one buys. Right. Which I think, I've made this case in a column when I used to write for ESPN. Um, I think the buys should almost count as a playoff one. Yeah. It's like almost like a forfeit. So if you if you twenty eight playoff wins plus the uh, thirteen buys, he basically forty one times he's advanced in the playoffs. Yeah. In high school wrestling, if you got a buy, it counted as a win in a dual meet. So yeah, yeah I think that should, should be count. the same thing. I th- I still don't know if anybody is touching his uh, playoff win record because no. you know he, I mean we'll get to the lines in a second. I I would assume they're at least a field goal underdog this week. And good, good assumption. I think they are. 
a much better home team than a road team this season for whatever reason. So that might be it. So let's say they lose to KC. He's still 28 and 11 in the playoffs. Like that's insane. He's only lost 11 times in the playoffs. He's played for 20 years. He's made the playoffs every year except 08. That's insane. People are talking about, oh, I think the Patriots dynasty is going to be over once they hit Kansas City. I was like, you can't count. You have to wait till next year because I think as long as they make the AFC championship in which this is now, is this eight years in a row or is this seven? I think this is eight, right? Yeah. I think this is yeah. eight years in a row. Right? I know, they I made the AFC championship, know. something like that. All the Jets fans hate me right now because I can't even remember. <laughs> well, uh, you can't count it. I mean, you know, they're, they're still the dynasty. I mean, that's a spectacular record. So we might as well talk about your game now. I mean, that was, they kicked the crap out of that team. Yeah, I watched... Uh, I watched just about all of it on my iPhone at my daughter's soccer game in the before. Nice. And I, I was really, as I told you, I tried to obey all the karma rules and be a good dad. I felt that would help the Patriots. I broke out my lucky ski cap from the 2004 season. I, I didn't want the, I didn't want the dynasty to end, to end today. So that's really what was driving me. Yeah. Cause I felt like if the chargers had come in and just kicked their butt, um, that could have been it. And instead it was the other way. That was the best Pat's offensive performance really since the Super Bowl against the Eagles, where it really looked like they could add 42 points in the first half. The the running game, Sony has not looked that good all season. Sony looks so good, I actually might have to apologize for my Lamar Jackson stuff. <laughs> might, have, might, have, might have to do an, a he podcast He looked like a first-round running back, right? He really did. I. He, Kyle, am I crazy? No, he was amazing. It was great. That, that was so the good. first time and you he was. Apologize. Yeah, yeah, he was falling <laughs> forward for the two extra yards yeah. and hitting guys and not going down. Oh, and he was cutting to the right holes. I, I think he got stuffed on the first play and then said, "F this, I'm the man from here forward." And you guys had 21 first downs, and when the Chargers had 20 offensive plays, I think yeah. it was like 90 seconds left in the first half. And you know, it's the same thing if you can't touch Brady in the pocket. If Ingram's not getting there, if Bosa's not getting him, it's going to be a long day, whether Gronk is a factor or not, I think. Yeah, and he was getting the getting rid of the ball. They had a whole game plan. You know, the Chargers, they did this trick last week against Baltimore with those extra D-backs. Yeah. And then, then they basically just did it again this week. It, almost like Belichick and McDaniels were going to have no idea they were going to do it again. I right. think the Pats were ready for that trick. But... uh but the mo- the thing they do is they play zone for the most part, the Chargers. And they really didn't switch off that. And they have a hard time protecting against uh, running backs catching passes. Yes. And another one, James White, could have caught probably 40, 45 passes today. It wouldn't have mattered. You know, they really never adjusted to that. And that was just part. And boy, Brady just gets that screen pass out. After watching like Dak and some of these other quarterbacks, like lofting that screen pass, Brady just zips it in there. And the, and, the, and the running back, or whoever it is, a wide receiver screen, you just have that extra second to make a move, and it's nice. And you see Edelman gets it, and he just oh, – he's half the size of these guys. He's knocking them over for an extra three yards in a first down. Really yeah. makes a difference. Brady was awesome today. Yep. He really looked like the Brady from a couple of years ago. And there were a couple of plays where, you know, I think during the regular season, and we talked about this on the pod, like he just didn't seem like he wanted to get hit. Mm-hmm. And it was – pretty easy to assume he didn't want to get hit because he's 41 years old. He just didn't want to get hit anymore. And especially in that Pittsburgh game was uh, really looked like he was throwing off balance and things that he didn't usually do. And today he was just like, I don't care if I get hit. 
right. I, I'm I'm ready for all of it. So it made me wonder. We always talk about the Warriors during the regular season, whether they like take their gas foot off the gas pedal, all that stuff. I wonder if, if Brady's mindset at this point in age 41 is like, just get me to January. Yeah. I don't want to take, I I have basically a buy with the AFC East. We're winning the division every year. I just don't want to take any hits. Just get, just get me to January and then I'll take hits for three weeks and we'll try to win the Super Bowl because the guy that played today was, was uh really, really, really looked like the Atlanta Super Bowl Brady. And those, he was all, and the James White having, just having that, having that little security blanket where, you know, they had that every game during the season. They didn't really use it. It was like, they just broke the emergency glass. They're like, all right, we're doing this. Edelman, we need your A game today. We got that. Uh, they had the one play with Gronk that got the crowd fired up when, uh, you know, over the middle, broke a couple tackles, looked like the old Gronk for one play. It was, it could not have gone better for the Pats. And, and then they got out. I don't think they had a major injury in the second half. So no, I don't know. I don't know if they did. Big they had win. that bonehead, bonehead play where Brady was looking to uh, spike the ball right before the half. Really hoping that came back and bit them in the ass, but uh, thirty points is too big a lead. Well, we should it. talk about your your bet that you had the miracle cover of. Oh, that was nice. What was I that? I made a nice adjusted line parlay with, and it only was like minus one thirty four. It was. Um, it was uh, the Chiefs plus five and a half, which is crazy. The Saints at a pick 'em, and the Chargers plus 14 and a half. And I sent that to you early in the week. And I'm like, come on. Uh, just with the words, come on. I couldn't do teams, that. I couldn't do anything with the Chargers. I know you could. I, I understood that. Right. But Joe House was all over. And thankfully, he didn't put any money on it. But he really liked the idea of it, which is good enough of an endorsement yeah. for me. And I was dead to rights in that bet. That was a really, really dumb bet. I knew early on. And, you uh, gave up on it. It was what totally was it like forty one to ten or something? Yeah. Uh and then they made it forty one. No, maybe it wasn't that much. Then it was forty one twenty two and you needed the the you basically needed the garbage, garbage, garbage time touchdown with like no time left, which yeah. Phil Rivers was happy to deliver to you. He was nice. That was good. That was good. You know, I did I did some kids. I did some research on Brady's real estate holdings. What is I was it? I was really curious to see how many things he owned. He, so he has four houses. He has houses uh -oh. in uh, in Brookline, uh -huh. Montana. Um, I think he owns something in Brazil. And then he owns an apartment in New York City. And I think he sold the place in LA. And then he owns Phil Rivers. Those, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my homage to Super Dave. The joke you saw coming <laughs> a minute away, but I still delivered it like you had no idea it was coming. Is, yeah. that, gonna, is that considered a joke? <laughs> If no one laughs, is that a joke? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Super Dave a little bit later in the pod because okay. you went to the uh, I went the to memorial, memorial service, yeah. which I really wanted to go to, but I had to do dad duty this weekend. Right. Yeah, um, the Phil Rivers Brady thing. You know his two AFC rivals for better for better and worse, other than Peyton Manning, were Rivers and Roethlisberger, and he just had incredible success against them. You know, but. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the offense was spectacular, but like in all these games, and then looking forward to next week, what what are we supposed to think here? Like, the Colts had a pass rush last week. Uh, all right, I guess they had a pass rush this week. Kansas City never has a pass rush, really, even though they have guys with big, big sack. Their defense was atrocious. They brought it this week. Yeah, Patriots, same thing. I guess what happened? The Chargers have a couple linemen banged up there. Yeah, he couldn't get out of his own way. Uh, same thing with Dallas and the Rams. Like, where, where, where is it from one week to the next? 
you don't see it, you do see it. That's what makes it so hard to handicap these games, that pass rush, that offensive line. Which one shows up? Well, and also, they're scouting stuff. They're looking for tendencies. They're stealing signals, apparently. Which, yeah. Um, what, game with, what game with a stolen signal? They get Rams-Cowboys. Oh, shut up. Yeah, you know it's a Rams-Cowboys. But well, well, This guy, Richard, who play, it makes the defensive play calls for the team, went on four interviews for head coaching jobs this week. You think maybe... Maybe uh, you should be focusing on other stuff there. Now they're stealing your signs because you're ill prepared for the game. How many signs? How many signs does a defense need? What are what are we? What are we you, you have I don't a know. Four what three out there. What are, what are, how much trickery can you have on defense? Just on defense, go get yeah. the quarterback. Awful, just awful. Uh, there's nothing worse than being at a game when then your team is getting run on like the whole like, six yards a clip, and you're you got I got end zone seats, and they're coming towards me. Just bad. Well, give me give me two more anecdotes from the Dallas game. So you went with uh, your son, Archie. I went with my son, Archie. I was going to get to it in parent corner. I have a whole thing. On uh, okay, it, let's, let's save it. Let's save okay. it. Let's actually take a break. We'll come back. Let's take a break to talk about Roman. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Studies show 70% of guys who experience erectile dysfunction don't get treated for it, and that's bad. ED is a check engine light for a man's body. It could be an indicator that there's something more serious going on, like a heart issue or diabetes. Roman has created an easy, discreet way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. It's a one-stop shop. Licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose your ED, then ship meds right from their pharmacy to your door. No waiting rooms, no face-to-face conversations, no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. Go to go to uh, getroman.com slash bill, fill out a brief questionnaire, chat with a doctor and get real FDA-approved medication if recommended by your doctor, prescribed online, delivered straight to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but it's really important, and now with Roman, really easy to take care of for a free online visit. Go to GetRoman.com slash Bill. So New Orleans-Philly, I guess, was the dramatic game of the weekend. Yeah. You know... So I did the million dollar picks on Thursday and I had the Colts, which I stand by, even though I don't, God, it's a good I don't pick. know what happened, really but I still pick. really feel like that was the right pick. No, excellent pick. Then I had a half, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an excellent pick. They had no first downs two hours into the game. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I put a half unit flyer on the, uh, on the boys plus seven, just cause I felt like that felt like a one possession game to me. It wasn't a hundred percent wrong. It kind of was a one possession game, but I felt like the Rams actually could have won by more. Sure. Um, the fourth and one with Zeke Elliott running right into the middle of the line into 20 guys wasn't great. Well, and the quarter had ended too. It's like you have five minutes. That, that's what gets me crazy about the Cowboys the most. Prescott takes off and only good things happen. But yeah. They only seem to run that play in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, right? Like when they're at the three-yard line or I think he had a 13-yard touchdown against uh, uh, last week against Seattle. Why not run him? Whenever you do the option, they did the option to Zeke. That worked nicely. Yeah. Whenever he calls his own number, that always works. Why are you running right into Navikin Sue and, and Aaron Donald right in the middle there? Like that, that's that's 50-50 at best, especially coming off the quarter ending. Like you could be more inventive. It could be more inventive. You could think of better plays there. Maybe so, sick. So basically we had three three decisive victories. The Rams were the least right. decisive of the three, but it was still decisive. Sure. I, they outplayed the uh, Cowboys. So you mm-hmm. kind of knew, you just kind of knew Saints-Eagles, something was going to happen. The line right. moved up to eight and a half. We had everybody, what did you think? The, the most common bet was a Chargers 
Saints money line tease, you think? Chargers Saints teaser was uh, like plus nine and a half, and then minus two was the was the miracle teaser for everybody. Everyone had it. Right. So you kind of knew something was up. Then you had sure. Big Dick Nick and the Eagles. All of a sudden, it's 14 to nothing. My yeah. uh, my daughter, the finals of this tournament she was in, it was going against the beginning of the game. And uh, and I didn't want to look because we ended up losing. Bye. Um, so oh. lose, come off, check the phone. It's Eagles 14 nothing. And I'm like, oh my God. Are the, the Saints are just going to annihilate everybody's parlay and tease and anything that's happened. And and this big dick Nick thing, this is going to, he's going to be the next president of the United States. And then yeah. they never scored again. That was it. 14 was it. points. Looked, in, in the second half, he looked like if the, the Eagles had put in their backup quarterback. That's what it looked like. Well, you're not going to believe this, but our friend Hanch had some texts about it. No. Oh, yeah. I do believe it because I was on the chain. Yeah. He's he's a little confused that this didn't happen a year <laughs> ago where, where Big Dick Nick was overthrowing everybody in his team. Yeah. And then the last play ended up, it was uh, poor Alshon Jeffrey's fault, who I thought had a really good uh, last six weeks. I feel bad that he was the GOAT. but Yeah, he did. You know what? He was the GOAT. The ball went right through his hands. And they were going to score there. They why, were. why did they run that? Why did they rush that play? You don't want to leave the Saints too much time anyway. They're at the, what, 26-yard line? Something like that? Two minutes left? Why did they have to rush it and run the play at, before the two-minute warning? So Ringer President Jeff Chow had the same, Eagles fan, had the same thought. Yeah, Didn't understand why, why playing with that much pace when if you score the Saints, all they have to do is get a field goal, basically. Yeah, you got eight plays left. What'd you think of uh, Peyton kicking the 52-yarder with three minutes left? Uh, Up six. I, I was for it. You know, I had some minus eight in there, eight and a half. So I, oh, want so you, <laughs> I wanted those I mean, it was three. a secretly unbelievable gambling moment. Yeah, it really was big. But uh, lots of klutz didn't come through. Man, that was way off. Uh, why? You thought they should have gone for it? What'd you think? I, I just go by what my gut was, and I was watching with nephew Kyle. We'd gotten home in time. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to make it. Mm. And the pressure of if I miss this, now they're getting the ball on the on the 40-yard line or wherever they get it, and we might lose the game. That's a tough kick. Well, it's fourth and 11, though. What are they going to do? I don't know. They They hadn't scored in three quarters. Yeah. I, I, if you can, if you have a good pooch punter, I might have pooch punted that one and made them go ninety four. What was yards. he two for three for or from fifty or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't kill Peyton there. I don't. I don't. I personally wouldn't have gone for it. I don't kill him for it, but I thought mm-hmm. it was an intriguing call because as yeah. soon as he missed it, I felt the same way as you. I was like, "Holy shit, Foles is going to win this." this is yeah, roughing the passer. Yeah, a couple more stupid plays. They're right in there. So if Jeffrey catches that. It's a two-minute warning, and they have the ball in, like, what, the 15? Uh, Something like that? I'm trying to look here. Intercepted. Yeah, it was, it was at the 33. But he threw it, like, 20 yards. Oh, right, yeah, 14 yards. Yeah, so yeah, it, was it, was at the 19. it would have been, like, inside the 20. Yep. I was thinking, I was watching it thinking, like, wow, the Saints are going to, this is two years in a row, they're just going to get annihilated at home with a lead in a game that seemed like they are going to win. Well, it's funny. They'll out of this weekend. They'll go down as the the home team that played the crappiest. But if you look defensively, they really did a nice job, especially obviously in the second half. But right. Well, and then the other thing that Michael Thomas, the be- the best receiver in football thing is, I think done. I think he's now hold the it's title. Him. 
Has to be him, right? Every time they throw to him, he catches it. It feels like on third and 15, he's like, you know, he's like 70% chance of, you know, reeling it in and, uh, and running for the extra five yards. Yeah, he's kind of like discount Jerry Rice. Yep. He just gets every game is 11 catches for 150 <laughs> yards. And then you go into next week with the Rams. I don't think they're going to be able to cover him. Who, who's going to cover him? Talib? That's a fun game. I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see it either. I don't know. They're not going to be Peters, probably. Well, I was really sorry. You know, the Eagles fans have been so gracious this last year. <laughs> um, really enjoyed all my interactions with them. And I was really, really sorry to see them get kicked in the teeth like that. I hope yeah. I hope they recover. I hope uh, I hope Big Dick and and Wentz with what the fuck was going on with the zits on his neck? I didn't see. Did you, they showed him a lot. What, what was he, happening with that? His breaking out a little. He like he had like neck knee. Oh, I don't, no. I don't, if 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 he has some condition, I don't mean to make fun of it, but if it was just like pimples on his neck, I I, I don't know. Maybe wear a hoodie. Yeah, it was weird. Put another helmet. Put the helmet on. I don't in the on. HD era. If you if you have pimples like that, I think you have to make a make a move. I'm going to have go. to, when we finish this pod, I'm going to have to Google and make sure nothing's wrong with him. <laughs> no, let it go. It's funny either way. <laughs> uh, any, anything else from the weekend? We didn't have any know. controversial I, I just, plays. I think it's nice because we have nice, no matter what now that the Eagles are out of it, we have four great storylines, right? Because uh, Casey Rams is the rematch of the game of the year, right? Oh, let's do the storylines. Okay. Okay. Casey Rams, the 54-51. We're going to get that again. All right, so the four matchups. So you said Rams-Chiefs. That's Rams-Chiefs. Plus 322. There you go. All right, so there you have a rematch of the 54-51, the Monday nighter. Supposed to be in Mexico. They played it here. Great game. And we just hear about, yeah, we hear about that game for two solid weeks, right? right. 54-51, that was the future of football. Yep. But wait a second, now it turns out defense is important too. Right. All that stuff. Right. Mahomes um, versus Goff. Andy Reid coaching tree versus Sean McVay coaching tree. Oh, yeah. We'll get into all that. All right. Rams, Pats, plus 463. Rams, Pats, obviously this was a Super Bowl that got the whole thing going for you, right? Yep. Uh, potential changing of the guard, passing of the torch, one dynasty coach to another. Oh, I, yeah, McVay, Belichick. That so that'll be the story for two weeks. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Yeah, the 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 young genius against the old genius. Right, that would be the big thing. And then, you know, the goat, Tom Brady. Sure, going for Super Bowl number six. That would be his tenth appearance. Yep. Uh, we had Dodgers. We had Dodgers. Red Sox. Ninth a appearance. Few months ago, little payback, or you know. Hold on, Sal. Well, I'm trying to remember how many Super Bowls my quarterback's been in. Hold on, give me one more second. I'm counting oh, them sure. all up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This would nine. Be nine. This would be nine. Yeah. Lost to the Giants twice yeah. and the Eagles. So this would it's be the, the night. Cheated in. Sorry yeah. about that, America. It gets confusing. I know. Sorry. It's I have trouble counting. Uh, I'm America. I'm sorry too. I apologize. Sorry, my bad. So it would be nine, nine Super Bowls for Tom Brady. Right, nine, <laughs> not eight, nine, not ten. Um, so Pat Saints would be plus two fifty seven. Pat Saints is nice because we've never seen Brady Breeze all these years, right? Yeah, I feel like there's not even I, no rivalry at all, even though they're almost the same age. There's never been a Brady Breeze argument, right? 
they they don't really have a lot in common. And Sean Payton Belichick. Yeah, it's not the great. I mean, whatever. It's just nice. I, I just like the Brady Breed. I think, I don't know, in a way, I think that gets the best ratings, right? That's what CBS wants. Pats win their first Super Bowl against the Saints. I mean, I, I get in the Super Bowl, so in New Orleans. Oh, in the Superdome. Yeah, right. No, I, right. I think here's what, uh, who has the Super Bowl this year? Who is it? CBS has the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what CBS wants. They want, they want Patrick Mahomes against the Saints. Really? Yeah. Well, that's the MVP. That's a good matchup. So that's obviously both favorites. And that that's is uh, plus 168. Plus 168, yeah. That's the MVP one versus MVP two, however you shake it, right? So if you're CBS, you've, you've, you've milked as much as you're going to milk out of the Brady oil well. Uh, I don't think so, but I'll hear you out. Um, Mahomes is your next guy. You want the Chiefs to be like your next signature team. Mahomes... As we've been talking about since October on this podcast, Mahomes is the Steph Curry now of the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's the the quarterback who's the face of this new offensive revolution, who throws these passes from these crazy ankle angles, who's got the wow factor at all times. It's everything you want going forward. And then you right. have the old guard and Brady and Belichick. I will tell you that, and I work with some people under 30, and I don't judge them for this. They don't know any better. They hate the Patriots. I know you're not going to well, believe this out, but people out there hate the Patriots. But that's why I think CBS wants Saints Patriots because you'll have the casual fan or someone. I mean, everyone's tuning into the Super Bowl. If you have the person that doesn't really care, will tune in to root against the Patriots. You think which so? Would be good enough. I don't know. I I I, f- I feel like there is some major, major, major Patriot fatigue. You know who's saying this? I went on Francesca's show on Friday. He's like, "There's some Patriot fatigue out there." <laughs> That's wishful. There's thinking. some fatigue. Sick of them. But I was like, there's been fatigue basically since they won the uh, Seattle Super Bowl, right? When right. they came back and won in 2015, I think the fatigue had kind of set in and calcified. Yeah. I Yeah, maybe. I mean, listen, I know Mahomes is a quarterback of the future, but he'll be around. He'll be around a while. By the this way. This really could be it for Brady and Belichick. I get the fatigue thing. I 100% yeah. get it. I feel the same way with Duke. If I never saw Coach K's face again during March Madness, I'd be happy. <laughs> but I know I'm going to see it this year. I know he's going to be in the Final Four, and I get to He'll root. probably make March Madness, yeah. No NIT for Duke. No NIT. And I'll actually root for them this year because Zion Williamson is uh, is yeah. the Messiah. But I get yeah. it. So either way, I mean, it's really like a foolproof Final Four, though, right? It's pretty good. I don't even know what you would want least in there. I'd See, I think like... Casey, I don't know. So you say Casey New Orleans is number one. I almost think that's towards the bottom. Kyle, what do you know. think? What do the millennials want to see? Tell us. They don't want to see Patrick Mahomes, definitely. They want definitely. to see him. Yeah, especially people that grew up watching them kick What do the people forever. say at the dark room in the, on Melrose as you're there? Go Rams. <laughs> go Rams. Is Rams? Blindly go Rams, I think. You know, I did notice that today, driving around, uh, driving home from the soccer tournament. After uh, that Chargers loss, you could really feel the sadness in the streets of Los Angeles. It, uh, you just sadness that the Cowboys lost. No, sadness that uh, that the Chargers lost. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> um, stopped at Seven Eleven, got a water, and just everybody. It was almost like the flag was at half mast. That was it. Yeah, people. They really wanted this. They really wanted that uh, Chargers Rams thing. 
the Rams thing. I don't even know where they would have played that game next week. Oh, well, actually, the Colts would have had to win, so it wouldn't have mattered. But they were talking about moving that game from the soccer stadium. Yeah, but then then didn't wasn't there an article that the lease actually said that the game had to be played there? Oh, they have to play there? Yeah. That's probably why the one of the many reasons why it wasn't going to happen. Right. The league would have thrown their bodies in front of the Right, thing. for sure. I still I can't get a handle on this whole Rams thing cuz it does seem like there are Rams fans here. There are no Chargers fans in LA, but there are Rams fans. But not enough to bang out uh even 60-40. In a in a second round NFC. No, game. I mean there's a lot of history, you know. There's history behind it, so you'll have like 60, 70 year old guys who rooted for the Young Bloods and Vince Ferragamo and those teams. So they'll 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 be into it. And then Danny Treos and Eric Dickerson waving to everyone like he's the mayor at the stadium. But yeah, the Chargers I don't think have that here. The Dickerson thing's weird because, look, I'm old. I I don't remember stuff like this as well anymore. But didn't he hold out until they traded him to the Colts? Yeah, that's right. So That's we're not right, supposed to, we're supposed to pretend that didn't happen. You know what? He He's co- on locking in tomorrow, 4.30, 5.30 uh, Eastern time. So I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> why don't that. you ask him? Just like, why are you the returning hero when you come back? Didn't you hold out until they traded you? <laughs> <laughs> Eric Dickerson and I shared a uh, dressing room a few weeks ago, and uh, which means they, we watch each other change. And so we're talking casually. It's always weird. What? <laughs> but yeah, we, why, we shared a dressing room. So we have to watch each other change unless one of them, one of us gets out of the room. But I was prepared preparing for the show. So I say to him, I say, Hey, thanks for doing the show. Uh, we're really excited about having you. He's like, yeah, well, I put it off for as long as I could. <laughs> he said that. Yeah. So then we go on the show and I'm like, Eric, uh, and I immediately sell him out. I throw him under the bus. I'm like, yeah, Eric was saying earlier that he put us off as long as he could. And he's like, yep, that's right. I did. We <laughs> <laughs> really sticks to his guns there. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> When you're changing with these random ex-football players, you should yeah. do the Dirk Diggler where you just you strip <laughs> down, but you just have like the 16-inch cock just, <laughs> just dangling, just pretending yeah. like nothing, you know, no big deal. You're just changing. You think that would go over well with James Harrison and the like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it might. <laughs> See which one says something. Hey, uh, Crown Royal is doing something pretty cool this football season. They launched a responsible drinking campaign called The Water Break. It's all about encouraging people to hydrate between drinks for a better experience, whether at the game, watching at home or in a bar, have a great time, enjoy some crown. Don't be that person. That ruins it for everyone. We've all seen that guy who drinks mm-hmm. too much watching the game. Make the right call. Take a water break. Who made the right call this week or not, Sal? I don't even know if you realize this because you were uh, if you had it on the iPad right away, but the Patriots and Bill Belichick once again made the right call. Now, from what I understand, when they win the the toss, they always elect to defer. Today, they elected to, to receive the ball. I loved it. Went right down the field, right down their throats. A little bit of help with the P.I. call on Gronk, but 7 nothing. Chargers scored after that, but they put them to bed like shortly after. So I thought that was the right call, getting 7 on the board early. Nice job, Bill Belichick. You don't get a lot of praise uh, that much. It's pretty so good. Take this. I, uh, I'd like to give the right call to the people who looked at all of this underdog momentum heading into round two. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people, by the way. There's some people out there who are indoctrinated in the old school playoff football gambling who saw that we had an inordinate number of hot teams or teams that look good heading out of round one. A lot of underdog momentum. People saying, I don't know, the dogs might just cover every game this playoffs. And saw those lines, which seemed high, 
Chiefs, yep. Chiefs five. I thought it should have been three. Rams seven. Felt like easily could have been like four or five, something like that. And we're not intimidated and said to themselves, yep. you know what I believe in? Round two teams taking care of business at home because Smart. that's what we've grown up with. And what happened? Saturday, both teams covered. Sunday AM, Pat's cover. Then Will Lutz cost the Saints. We could have had four favorites cover, Sal. Yeah, but they all four won, and that was like I think plus two eighty on a parlay. That all four favorites. Where won. were we? That's stupid. I know. Why did I, I like- put out a Twitter poll? I said one of these teams. I, I I sent it to you in house also. I said Colts, Chargers. Which one's the sucker bet of two thousand nineteen? Because one of them for sure is, and turned out they both were. That's our right call this week. Crown Royal reminds everyone this football season to take a water break and hydrate responsibly. How about, you know what we didn't talk about was the Josh McDaniels fuck you game today. Oh, today? Yeah. Just a tour de force play calling by the Pats. Completely eviscerate the Chargers in 19 different ways. He got passed over by how many jobs? Eight? Not even mentioned. He's like, his name has been soiled now because of this Colts debacle from a year ago. Is that passed over, or is everyone just like, "Yeah, this is a this guy's a dick. I'm not going to take a chance." I think that's what it is. The best, he turned down the best job in football. He had it and turned it down. So, what what are the Cardinals going to do to make it uh, attractive to him? Thirty percent ownership yeah, in the team. Somebody could have taken him out to dinner. <laughs> I mean, Adam Gaze got hired. What did he do? What do you think? Yeah, I guess I don't know how it is. What about I think his, he just wouldn't have gone? The, I mean, what do you think the Patriots have promised him right now? Oh, everything. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he probably owns part of the New England Revolution. They probably they're paying him probably under the table, around the table. Yeah, and so when Belichick's gone and Brady's gone, you have Josh McDaniels and Garoppolo, and oh no, oh you don't have that guy anymore. Oh, well, good luck. We'll get him again after the Niners wave him. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Kyle. Kyle's still really attached. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean the if you're McDaniels, the one that hurts is the Browns. The Browns coach. Yeah, Freddie. Freddie was on the depth chart behind Greg Williams, Todd Haley, and Hugh Jackson on Hard Knocks. Right, he's the fourth most important coach on the Hard Knocks show that we all watched and went, "Wow, that Browns coaching staff is in fucking shit show." Did you see the viral clip of Kitchens? I think it was from Hard Knocks. He goes down. I don't know, maybe it was. Oh, Baker calls him an idiot. And he's like, "That guy is just an idiot." <laughs> And then he ends up getting the job. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I, I I felt like there was a little edge with Josh McDaniels today as he was just picking apart. Do you think, what would you feel? How'd you feel about Phil Rivers' body language in that game? Can, I'm just still thinking about this Browns thing. Is it possible they win a win eight games without a coach next year, without a head coach? <laughs> Couldn't they try that? Did they think? Did they think Freddie was getting hired by another team? Was there? Was there? <laughs> oh no! Were people yeah, like uh, circling him? Again before February, we changed the calendar. We got to lock up Freddie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what a great job! You had so much talent. Oh man, I don't understand it. All right, let's do. Uh, let's do the championship lines. Let's do it. What game is first? First game. So it's 3.05 Eastern time. They they kick these up. It's, it's been like this for a few years. Rams are first. So you're going to play a, basically a night game in Kansas City. Uh, I think Rams I, at New Orleans. I think I like that. Yeah? 
I had uh, I can't remember if I sent you six or six and a half. I think I said six and a half. I had Saints. You sent six me seven. Seven. Either way, both both way off. Uh, I had three and a half, and it is three and a half. You got that and right. You say that's way low, huh? The Saints are favored by three and a half. That's it. Really? I'm very surprised by that. I'm I I love their defense today. I mean, I'm looking 49 yards rushing for Philly, 201 passing for Falls. God, I, I did you think the Rams were better than Philly? Uh, yeah, I did. I thought they were better on that Sunday night game that I had thousands of dollars <laughs> on them too, and they lost. I was I was basing my bet off the Eagles were eight point underdogs in New Orleans, yeah, and I figured. The Rams were like a point better than the Eagles. No, Eagles are a six seed. No matter what, they're a six yeah. But that's just that. that it's because of their record for the course of the season. But the last like five six games, they were not a six seed. I know their defense well, the Rams was good. Covered. I don't know. And this game, we saw this game already, right? Saints won. This and why game. do I trust the Rams on the road? What have they done on the road? All right. I, I mean, that was like a big, great at home, lousy on the road team, or not you as see good where on you're the going road with this. I just think the line's too low. It's disrespectful. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that shoots up to four or four and a half or something. Jared Goff's going to go into the Superdome and and take the Rams to the Super Bowl? That seems... I'm not saying it can't happen. It seems far-fetched. I don't don't think they're... I don't think that home crowd... I don't know. Although that's a really tough place to play. Sounds like you like the Rams. Do you want to confess I'm trying to convince myself and talk myself into the Rams. Why? They have Jared Goff. He's not going to make the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? Yeah. That defense is tough for the Saints. I don't know. I'm not calling it now. It's too early. Doesn't matter. Yeah. If I get it wrong anyway. You have a whole week of foreplay with Clay Travis and Todd <laughs> and Rachel. What are we going to do? And now there's two games. And there's one game. I have 14 days to talk about this. <laughs> Ram, Ram, that's true. Uh, so Rams this year, they, they killed Oakland in week one. In Oakland. I'm just doing road games. Beat Seattle by two. Beat Denver by three. Killed the Niners. Lost to the Saints by 10. Mm-hmm. Beat Detroit That's by 14. Game. Lost to Chicago by nine. And killed Arizona. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they played. Look, th- Sean McVay had a win yesterday, right? Because this, this whole thing, like anybody who ever Googled Sean McVay got an interview for a coaching position. Like that all goes out. It's like, what, what happens if he loses to the Cowboys? Like it, his name takes a hit there. Is this is this kind of a gravy game or or what? No, I think he wants to win the Super Bowl. No, he wants to win, but he still has to. I think his his legacy, if you will, is intact. Even if he, you know, there is something about the comeback, the the rematch. They lost what forty five thirty five the first time. Right. I don't think those teams put up that many points this time around. I think it's much lower scoring. Would you rather have the nickname Big Dick Nick or would you rather have the top eight people who've worked for you over the last two years got head coaching jobs? What's better (laughs) for your ego? Big Dick Nick. Kyle? Big Dick Nick. All right. Kyle, you have to say Big Dick Nick. You hate Kyle. Big Dick Picks today, huh? Big Dick Picks. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Big wanted to tweet about Big Dick Picks today when Nick Foles got picked. I it's a bad hashtag. It's not too late. It's a bad hashtag. Bad hashtag. It was didn't, a tweet and delete. It's already gone. Didn't want any part of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I really think that line's too low. Not very respectful to the Saints. 
I will say this: I, if you if you have to have C.J. Anderson over under yardage, I I say he's at like thirty six <laughs> this week. <laughs> it's possible he'll get held to nothing. Uh, Chiefs Patriots is the next game. I I this is the most obvious. Chiefs by three. I can't see how this lines anything but Chiefs by three. Would it? You did get that. I, I said three and a half, so we end up splitting the week because it is exactly three. It's fair. Belichick versus Andy. Mahomes versus Brady. Great game. You have the Chiefs fans who uh, have had a lot of heartache. Even that punt return, that punt block when it made it 17-7, you could feel the, mm-hmm. the sphincters tightening all across Kansas City. But now uh, now it's sitting there. What a great way to make the Super Bowl, beating Belichick and Brady. Yeah. It's all sitting there for you, Chiefs fans. I think you got this. I think it's going to happen. Uh-oh. You got this. Anyone who takes the Pats this- is nuts. Pats have been terrible yeah. on the road. Chiefs look like an easy pick here. High teens are expecting temperatures. I mean, this is a what 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 time zone is that? Kansas City is that Central? Yeah. All right, so it's a five forty kickoff. That's rough. Yeah. That's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I mean, th- what is it? Is it the last stop? Is it gonna be a crazy? Now, when they played the first time, this was also in the forties, right? Well, if it's if it's, we've seen this with football. If it gets too cold, it affects the game in the crowd in ways that you can't come back from. So if it, if it goes under 20, there's no way it's a shootout. It's not going to happen. And the crowd will be like, you know, everyone's bundled up or you get like hypothermia. So at some point you can't really make noise. So I always go back. I got to tell you, yeah. I, cause Clay Travis drives me crazy with this. He talks about, Oh, the, the weather means nothing. It means nothing in these games. The points will come. I spent an hour and a half looking for articles on this and how the cold weather affects points. Yeah. Really doesn't. In some cases, there's more points scored in the cold. Like we in our heads, we remember like the, the Bears Redskins 12 6 game yeah. the cold at Soldier Field. I think that was just all Bears defense. They were just that good anyway. But so um, so this is an old wives' tale. The weather does not affect the points. From what I looked, I was I was sick of researching it, but yeah, and it was what forty three forty last time. I just want to know if the, these teams are going to have a pass rush. Like they both had pass rushes yesterday and today. That'll be nice, you know. It won't come down to last team with the ball wins. This sounds like a good challenge for our guy at the Action Network, John Ewing. Oh, he yeah. did a good thing about the dome teams outdoors. I would like to, if it if it's under twenty degrees, I want to know how that affects the point total of playoff games. Because I do yeah. feel like there's a tipping point with the weather. If it gets too cold, it it has to affect it. When the ball gets right. fucking hard as a rock, right? They, at some point, it just is going to change. What's but they, like it was happen. snowing. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like the Chiefs went up and down the field in the snow. Yeah, we'll see. Mahomes is is magnificent. He really is. Great, I just right? don't feel very hopeful, Sal. It really feels like we're screwed. This isn't reverse jinx at all. <laughs> I kind of see what you're doing. No, I mean, look, if the if the Chiefs, it's just sitting on the on a platter for you. You have this this Pats <laughs> team that's really only been good at home. They have a 41 year old QB. It's a night game. It's gonna be freezing. Uh, and you have like the young spry QB. You did it. You did it. No, Bill. you should just. You're- 
This is you like reverse jinx yourself all the way to the championship game again. <laughs> you really did it. I don't know how it works for only Listen, you. I told you all year that we sucked and we were going to make the Super Bowl, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But I just heard the we sucked part. Well, we got no defense. We don't rush don't. the quarterback. That we I just heard all that. We good secondary. I will say. Good secondary. It just seemed like the Chargers, like, all right, you, you could say a team is soft, whatever, they come on the road, but it's one thing to have better skill position players than the Patriots. A, a few teams have done that before. But defensively, there were some big names and big-time players, and uh, I didn't think you were going to overcome that today, or I at least thought it would be close, for crying out loud. I thought, it was, I thought, I believed that the Pats were going to win because I believed in the, in, I just didn't see the dynasty ending today. Yeah. But I thought it, we would have to pull it out way more than uh mm-hmm. than we did. What team? What team that lost in round one? Do you think is the most bummed out after watching round two? I would say team that lost last week. Yeah, I would say the Bears. Oh, they should be. Yeah. So the Bears went. So they would have played. They would have. They would have played the Rams. They would played right? the Rams. You're not running. You're not having two hundred yard rushers against the Rams. I mean, right. I, against the Bears, that's not happening. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. We always say after the playoffs, like there's those fork in the road games that ends up setting the sliding doors for whatever else should happen. I really feel like the Bears should have won last week. And I think the mm-hmm. Bears could have and would have beaten the Rams. Now the Seahawks, had they won, would have played who? Yeah, that they're the five, so they would they would have played the they're, Saints. They probably would have They're lost. crap yeah. coaching they didn't deserve to win. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought your team was pretty good. I don't understand what happened to the front seven in that game. It really did seem like the, you saying that the, they had their signals actually makes sense because it was. I'm not saying it. Someone on the Ringer wrote the article. Oh. Read your own damn website. <laughs> I got through half of it and I almost vomited. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this sounds exactly right. Every single tell was uh, was there for them. Ran down our throats. Let's uh, let's take one more break and then we're going to talk about Super Dave's memorial service and we're going to do Paracord. Hey, I just want to give a quick plug. True Detective came back on HBO and the ringers Chris Ryan and Jason Concepcion. They've become our guides for the twisting pathways of season three's plots, themes, and characters. You can join them each Sunday right after the show for the Flat Circle, a True Detective after show on the ringers YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook pages. So we're putting this pot up Sunday night. Maybe you watch True Detective right after and then you can check out the Flat Circle. Jason and Chris chase down leads, explore each episode's cultural context, discuss true crime cases that mirror the ones in the show. So check that one out. And we should also mention, we announced some stuff on the on the Ringer side this week. We have uh, after shows coming on Twitter for Game of Thrones, which starts April 14th. And then Big Little Lies, we are producing post-game shows, basically. We've already done it for Game of Thrones. We've never done it for Big Little Lies. So that's happening. And then we also announced I have a new documentary that I'm working on. With Alex Winter and Glenn Zipper, we are doing a documentary about showbiz kids for HBO. And we have started work on that. I have a couple other things in the hopper, but we haven't announced them yet. But some good stuff this year coming up uh, in the Ringer Extended Family for 2019. So there you go. All right. So you went to Super Dave's memorial service. And uh, and what happened? Who was there? How was it? I did. It was... Uh... It was nice. Place was filled. It was at a, a, a temple in Beverly Hills. Uh, it was at Jimmy Kimmel was there, and uh, our friend Daniel, Adam Carolla, and then Jerry Seinfeld spoke. Albert Brooks, Super Dave's brother, spoke. Uh, some some of his family members. It really looked. It, I really thought it was gonna be like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm because Larry was there and Jeff 
and Susie has. Oh my God, that does sound like they should just. Oh, they're all there. JB Smooth was there. Uh, I thought for a second, I was like, he's going to springboard out of this casket in one last Super Davish stunt. Yeah, and that's going to be great. Um, But yeah, everyone told great stories, and like Seinfeld got up there and he kind of like nailed it. He's like, you know what? The best thing to do right now would to be to sit in the back of this temple with Super Dave and watch everyone's tribute to him. And he would talk about how, oh, this one's going too long. Look at this. Listen to my brother going on and on about himself. All he would do is make fun of us. Yeah. God forbid someone wore something off color. He would make fun of that. And uh, everyone just told stories about what a dick Super Dave was, <laughs> including his brothers. <laughs> and uh, it was great, though. It was really nice. It was, uh, it was a lot. Was of Albert Brooks there? Albert Brooks was there and he spoke and, you know, he was a guy who got into show business early. He went to like Carnegie Mellon. Like he was, he was a student of acting and everything. Yeah. And he got home and like Super Dave was like, Super Dave was like uh, putting out stars on Hollywood Boulevard and they did like a KTLA or some did a story about the guy who's like putting the stars out on Hollywood Boulevard, like li- literally laying the cement. And he like said something funny during the interview and Tommy Smothers one of the Smothers brothers saw it and it's like, hey, uh, I want to interview this guy. And he like talked to him for a minute. He's like, do you want to write on my show? And that's really how he had no idea of being, he didn't want to be in show business. He was like a, a center. Uh, he played college basketball somewhere. He told us about it. I can't remember. It was a small college, but he wanted to be an athlete and then just did this star stuff on the side. And uh, so it was great to hear all the stories and everything, but it really, it all ended up being the same thing. He was, mis- everyone talked, to- his grandson was talking about how miserable Super Dave was coming to all his events, but he went through it anyway. <laughs> his grandson said they uh, Super Dave in one of the complexes he lived in, in uh, Palm Springs, it was a tennis court and then there was a basketball hoop. Um, but behind the hoop, there was a four foot fence and the grandson who was 10 would shoot it. And every single time he shot it, it would bounce and then go over the fence. So Super Dave's like chasing the ball into the, like the, the desert uh, weeds and everything. So he finally commissions uh, Palm Springs to, to build a bigger fence, like 10, 10 foot fence. After like a year, he finally got his 10 foot fence up and the grandson says, and we never went back there again. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> he was delighted. You know, we re so, we ran the super, Dave podcast that yeah, we that did nice. on, uh, against all odds. And I listened to it and I forgot we had promised him we were going to go out for the, uh, yeah. for the tennis thing. And I, I don't know what happened. We must have both. It, it ended up being right in the middle of March Madness, and we had something else going on, too. I forgot. Yeah, we really blew that one. I really have a lot of regrets about this because he was ready to have us. I'm bummed, too. I was going to bring Tate. We we're going to film like four hours of podcast and just bank it. Uh, he was so funny. Next time this happens, we just have to do it. Whenever we're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go. We right. just have to like actually do it. He called me like five weeks ago and said, and I never see the incoming number, but I just happened to answer this time. I usually let it go. He's like, I was like, hello. He's like, I was the best guest ever on your dumb podcast. <laughs> and I said, is this Lenny Dykstra? And he just hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I call him back. I'm like, nah, super. Come on. He's like, you take that back right now. You take back what you said because you know you don't mean it. I was like, all right, all right I don't mean it. <laughs> can, can we tell the Lin-Manuel Miranda stuff now? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I mean, I what's it say? he's not going to get mad at us. That's true. <laughs> so we, when we did that podcast, if you listen to it, it's on South's feed. We had heard who? How did we find out that Super Dave wasn't a huge fan of Lin Manuel Miranda on Curb? 
Well, you know, he had called me before the podcast and told me I kind of did a little pre-interview with him. So yeah, <laughs> he, he, he may, may have let the cat out of the bag. There. And he had just done curb with him and whatever. Right. So you, you tell me, and then we decide the whole podcast, we're just going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> so if you listen to that knowing it so anyway not a, not a huge fan of Lynn if you mention that name again <laughs> I'm gonna run through this glass wall <laughs> oh man uh, I wish we had done more than one pot with him but I, I wish know. I had gone today too it sounds fun uh, alright let's do Parent Corner let's do it oh alright so I, I take my son to this game it's Rams-Cowboys game and you know whatever they lose and we get home and he's like, yeah, you know, dad, I just, I think I jinxed the team. I really, this, I've been to four Cowboys games and they've never won. And I told him, I told him, I said, you are, yeah, this is your fault. You're a loser. You jinxed this team. <laughs> no, but then it got me thinking like, I didn't want to go to this game. I really don't. Like when your team's playing at home uh, on the road and they're going to lose. And I was pretty sure they were going to lose. Yeah. Everyone's like, are you going? You going to the game? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, oh, come on. It's on Fox. You work for Fox. You can get tickets. Yeah, I know I can get tickets. I'm like, yeah, but, but you, you should go. How are you not going? I was like, I don't know. I just like watching my TV. And then when they lose, I could shut it off and just walk back and do something else. So anyway, I go to the game. Decide to go. The kid wants to go. I'll take him. He's never won. That's the thing. He wanted to win. So he's 0-3. He wants to win. I'm like, are right, you going to be 0-4? He's like, no. And now this doesn't end up being about him, except I'm now going to shit on the experience of going to a football game. I don't think it's as good as going to hockey or baseball live or basketball live. It really isn't. I think football is made for like an indoor viewing now. I really do. Like I get there, first of all, hour in traffic, and then you get to the around the stadium part, shitty. Guess how much uh, parking? I'm going to put the over under at $98. Over. $120 for parking. Wow. 120 bucks. Amazing. So I get in for 120. We get there. There's uh so now and, and you're telling me like, "Oh, you got to take videos. Take videos, put them down, send them to Fantasy. It's easy." I was like, "I don't know. I don't know if I want to be bothered. I want to watch the game." Like, "No, no, do it." I'm like, "All right." So I start shooting them and I'm sending them and then I'm doing the Instagram story and it's like uh, what what am I even doing? So then then all of a sudden I have three videos sent to your guys and to Instagram stories and the, and the, uh, and the connection gives out. There's no internet in the whole state mm. right there. And I was like, now I have three stories in the queue, three things in the queue. I have like a uh, French Montana halftime reference. I have me leading, going up to the Cowboys down the tunnel with these guys and we're chanting. I'm like, Oh wow. These aren't now going to send until after the game. It's like, Going to a game is such a pain in the ass now. You have to make stories. Like, my story is I want to watch the game. Right. Why do I have to make stories? Yeah, about you feel this? all these obligations. I know. It's like you're going to work now. And then I'm sitting there and the anthem starts. And there are people like literally protesting anthem in our section. There's three, four people like screaming, Keep, we're, you're keeping everybody down with this. And then people telling them to shut up. I'm like, oh my God. I don't know. I don't need this. So, not much of a great parent corner story. But it, it, the yes. thing is, You'll be doing your kid a favor by uh, keeping him home. What was the walkout <laughs> after the loss? Were people taunting the Cowboys fans or no? Yeah, they are. You know, they're actually more abusive when um, when they win than they are. I think if they had lost, yeah. I really do feel that way. But there are a bunch. There are a bunch of Cowboys fans too. So, like I said, uh, I don't know. I was walking with a more intimidating group of Cowboys fans back to my 
$120 parking spot. So uh didn't affect me much. Tears from your son, moist eyes, anything? I, he was just bummed out. He was he was really just like, but he had his head in his hands. Didn't 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 cry. Was the worst loss he ever suffered. Uh and then um, you know, but we went to Shake Shack, so we got a little bit. You better. should have gotten a blood diamond. <laughs> playing at that theater. I was like, uh, the mule is playing at 945 <laughs> if we can hurry. <laughs> I'm with you. I I don't think going to a football game is fun. I think the college ones are fun. Yeah. But NFL, it's just better on TV. I mean, the whole sport is is designed to be watched on television. Absolutely. The timeouts are brutal. Like you you have a three and out and a punt, and then it's five minutes until somebody has the ball again, and then they score and they kick. They they got to review the thing for three minutes whether there's a touchdown. You can't see the replays unless they have like a giant jumbo. Right, they're not showing replays. Then it's a PAT, another five minutes, kickoff, another yep. break, and it sucks. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Pro football is not, not fun to go to. I love watching it. I do not like going. I don't want to sound like a pussy, but at least at least it was 50 degrees. Like you're going East Coast and you have to go through all that shit and traffic and everything else in the cold. Just watch. Well, the fun thing about football is the before and after. And that's the thing right. they've really cracked down on. Like, you know, my buddy Bug, I ran an Instagram video uh, of them, of him and all of his friends pregame at the Pats. It's phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. But they would, they used to go, if I guess you couldn't have done it today, but it, if it was a one o'clock game, they would get there like, you know, six thirty seven in the morning and start right. setting up in their grill. And now they limit all this stuff. So you can, you can still tailgate that early, but you have to be a fucking hike away from the stadium. Why do they limit it? Because people get too Yeah, rowdy? they don't, they just... They want people three hours before and an hour after they want you the F out. In the old days, mm-hmm. it was like, hang out. It's a party. But I, you know, from a liability standpoint and all the other stuff, uh, they just want you to kind of in and out. So, yeah. So that, you know, it was the whole day experience of it. That was really the great part of football. Right. And now you've limited that to just the sitting there. But the TV timeouts are just a, really hard to overstate how, how much it sucks in person. Yeah, it really slows it down. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And just the really, like the social media part of it, like you feel like you have to prove to people that you're there, you know? Yeah, you don't like that. You miss the old, the old days. There's got to be something to focusing and rooting on your for your team. Not have to, like I'm sitting with my son, I'm like, oh, now we have to take a picture of ourselves sad with the scoreboard in the background. Like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, what I only did. Doing? The only time I really got into it was when I went to the Red Sox Dodgers World Series because I was just videotaping my son because yeah. he was taking everything either so happily or so upset one way or the other. It was just funny to videotape him. But that's but when of, I yeah. like if he doesn't have to perform for it. And he's no, just he's just that's doing his thing. But like when I would go to the Celtics playoff games, I it's really hard to even pull up the right. Twitter. There's never reception and all that stuff. Yeah. Speaking of my son, so. For the last like two years, he's been getting, you know, for his birthday or Christmas or whatever, for a lot of people give gift cards for, for, uh, for presents. Right. Uh And, uh, especially like, you know, my family, my, especially my mom's family, the Italians, they love to send gifts for stuff. So, so he, all of a sudden he had like all these gift cards. So he comes down and say, dad. Got all these gift cards. He's got like this handful of like 12 gift cards from the last two plus years. And a lot mm-hmm. of them are on Amazon. And and he's like, we got to go on the computer and figure out how to put these things in. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> you're 11 years old. You should be able to figure out how to do this. 
So he's like, all right, all right. Somehow he figures out how to do it. Turns out he has $290 on Amazon <laughs> accumulated <laughs> over the last couple of years. I think, I think might've been my aunt Linda, my godmother might've given him a, a couple, couple birthdays where she might've been generous. $290. Mm-hmm. What do you think he spent the $290 on, Sal? He uh, he got one night with Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. <laughs> oh I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't what he did. Is that not it? That wasn't what he did. What was it? You can get anything. I have no idea. First of all, the thought of my son with $290 on Amazon is pretty amazing. <laughs> right. Just, you know, I mean, you really get anything there. So I, I was so excited to see what he did. So he bought himself a new batting tee, oh. which I thought was great because he broke his other batting tee from swinging so violently that uh, it mm-hmm. just like severed in half. So he got that. He was all excited about that. Every every other dime was spent on wrestling figures. <laughs> oh, nice. Even though- He's got them all. I've seen your yeah, collection. He, he, he has like 90. This yeah. is what he asked for for every Christmas. This is anytime he gets given. So he gets these, including- Apparently, some fifty dollar one of of the Hardy Brothers that was apparently uh, limited edition or something, nice. and he's all excited and he's like, "Dad, I spent all the money. I got more wrestling figures." <laughs> so over the next over the next like five six days, he's just coming home from school with the like the eye of the tiger, hoping there were packages, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and they start coming every day, and he's getting these wrestling figures, and he finally got all of them and he's just been having these WrestleManias with all these wrestling figures. So if you want to know how to spend $290 on Amazon, <laughs> I'm sure we, I'm sure we had some ideas, but that was his. That's great. So now when he gets these wrestlers, he pits them against them. He puts them in a ring. I know he's got probably like five or six rings, right? Yeah, he does. He does the entrance music. And then he calls the match, right? He does the, yeah, he does the announcer. He does the whole thing. He announces it. They well, jump off things. Yeah. I mean, he is 11 at this point, Sal. I just want to point that I, listen, out. Listen, I was 13 when I was at the high. I was crazy about it. I would wear a kilt to Madison Square Garden. I loved it. <laughs> you wore a kilt when you were 13? I wore a kilt to Madison Square Garden. My father eventually hid the kilt. My aunt, Jimmy Kimmel's mother, made the kilt for me. I wore it to the number. I wore it to Piper against uh, Mr. T, the boxing match. Is that WrestleMania 2? Yeah. I wore it to the Garden when he interviewed Bruno San Martino. I was crazy about Piper. Yeah. He I got uncooperative behavior in class across the board in every class because I would yell at my teachers in Piper's voice. I was 13 years old and then it just then it just went away. It really sounds like you and Ronda Rousey need to do a podcast together. <laughs> I love well, the it. other thing, we had to leave for the soccer tournament yesterday at like six in the morning or something. So mm-hmm. he was home all day with the alarm on until my mom got here at like one. Just like playing with his wrestling figures and playing this WWE game. He created his own character in the game that wow. he, you know, you have this whole thing where you basically have a career and you have to yeah. go through all these stages. And I think he had a really fun weekend. I, I'm not convinced he's going to college, <laughs> which I, could be a silver lining. College is 290 bucks. I was the thing. It could be a silver lining. I might, I might save a lot of money with college tuition. Like I could just <laughs> put that towards some business. I was thinking of maybe I was watching The Sopranos when Paulie Walnuts gets all upset about the uh, 
they they go to that coffee espresso place. I love that they try to shake down the Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> and he's so upset that they've taken it from the Italians. Maybe I'll get <laughs> my son an espresso place, and that'll just be what he does. I don't know, uh, Kyle. Great. You have any uh, you have any nephew corner? You spent the day with him today. Uh, his uh, he made a cheese plate today. I don't oh know yeah, if tell, tell Sal about the cheese plate. Anybody saw it? Oh yeah, so I'll set up. My mom comes yesterday. She goes. Mm. She takes my my son out, and then uh, at the Grove they have this like great cheese place, you know, with like the all the different types of cheeses. My mom loves right. cheese. She likes wine and cheese. That's basically all mm. she eats and drinks. So comes home with these three cheeses. We eat half of them during the Cowboys game, and the other half are in the fridge. So then Kyle shows up today at ten o'clock. I was proud of Kyle, by the way, showing up on time for a yeah, Pats game for yeah, once. It was know. the playoff focus I was looking for. <laughs> and then you take the you tell the rest, Kyle. Um, so I was in here watching. Then Ben wanted to come and hang out, so he comes in with uh, a cheese plate and some and like a handful of crackers. <laughs> there's like one piece of cheese, and then there's like eight pieces of sliced cheddar cheese that he like just has stacked. Like he that you get out from the grocery store, <laughs> like you make grilled cheeses with. So he's oh, got no. these fancy cheeses my mom bought. And then just eight <laughs> American cheeses piled up on top of each other. And he ate plate. all of them. He ate, and he ate every single one. And then I played, told him I wasn't eating it. And he just ate and, all of them. And played his That's wrestling right game. right out of the Hardy Boys book right there. Yeah. That's great. And then he played his wrestling game on the small TV next to the giant TV as Kyle watched the Pats. So there He's you done. go. He's, a good day. There, there's talk about maybe us going. Uh, and when I say there's talk about, I'm bringing up for the first time. Mm. Uh, Royal Rumbles in Phoenix the week before the Super Bowl and the and – the championship games. Oh. Could be fun. Oh. All right. We'll have to talk about that offline. It's yeah. in Phoenix? Yeah, it's in Phoenix this year. Very close. <laughs> oh, interesting. What a wrinkle. But then WrestleMania well, is in Minnesota. Is it really? Yeah, yeah we're not going Yeah, that's that. not it. <laughs> Maybe next year. Uh, all right. What do you got to plug, Sal? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, lock it in uh, Monday through Friday. 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, that Chargers killed me today. Otherwise, I would have been king. And uh, against all odds, Wednesday, we had some gave out some winners this week. And listen up for another episode. I, it's gonna be I have an important question for you. Yeah. So we're going back to 2001, the Patriots. Oh. <laughs> this is now our, this is now your 19th playoffs with the Patriots, except, excepting uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're up or down in Patriots playoff games? Lifetime. In games that I bet? Yeah. Games you bet on or against the Patriots? I think I'm down. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I, probably, I probably kept a lot of our friend Daniel's bets uh, in, the, in the lean years, in the good years for you. 2007, 10, 12, all those. And that's why you were down? Yeah, I think so. What are you? Are you up? You should be way I'm up way more up. than you are. I'm right? way up. I mean, today we didn't even talk about this. I, I lost both of my bets yesterday. Right. I I doubled down the recoup bet. Pat's Pat's Saints Tees. I'm sorry, Parlay. Pat's win. Now I have the Saints to win and I win my bet. What do I do? I hedge with the Eagles eight and a half for for a half Amazing. unit. And I win that one too. Double win the hedge. You make fun of the hedge all the time. I did it. I know. Oh, that's why you didn't want Lutz out there. Now I see. That's true. Lutz would have screwed up my hedge. <laughs> That's right. I didn't. Even, I, I forgot about that. Of course, yeah. Huge. But I think. Don't you think if they went up nine, the Eagles would have had the cheap touchdown? They would have given them an easy score. Yeah. But it was a successful hedge. You thought you would never see it in your lifetime. That was nice. 
That was nice. And you did it for 50%, right? You would say, yeah. I don't want to say how much you would have won, but yeah, that was great. That's a good one. I think, good. I think you're way down on the pets. Cause yeah, I probably you know why am. I think that? Cause you, you rarely bet on them and you lost a lot in 01. Oh yeah. I lost a ton on the Rams money. Yeah. Line. Yeah. What am I talking about? Yeah. I'll never make that up. And I, didn't you lose one of the, did, did the 07 on the pats you lost in the giants game? I lost both giant games. I had the Patriots and I had the Falcons against the Patriots pretty big. And I had, yeah, see, I think you're way down on the pats. Yeah. Shit. So, I mean, what do you want me to do? If I bet them, you're, you're going to lose next week. But it sounds like you like the Chiefs and you like the uh, the Rams. I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah, you got to bat around with Clay Travis for the next five days. Yeah. <laughs> he's, blow, he's blowing our old wives' tale on, on bad weather. I know. I, I'm going to look more into that because it doesn't seem to Well, we sense. know. John Ewing's going to do it for us. I know I know he's going to come through. He's our, he's our right. guy now. He's going to, he has some weird computer. He's just going to put it in there. Good. That'll be the new Ewing theory. <laughs> the, the, it'll be the it. John Ewing theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sal. Good job by you. Good job by you, Belly. All right. Thanks for to uh, ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to TheRinger.com, The Ringer Podcast Network, and The Rewatchables, where Old School is going to be dropping Monday at midnight. Stay tuned for that one. Don't forget about the Flat Circle, our True Detective after show on all the Ringer platforms. And don't forget about House of Carbs and One Shining Podcast. Ow! Produced by Nephew Kyle. Yes, sir. That's it. We are back uh, on Tuesday with our old friend Zach Lowe. I went on his podcast last week. He's coming on mine this week. So there you go. Until then. <laughs>